Hello, 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 and welcome to our very first Maddox Session Quarantine Edition. In each Quarantine Edition, we'll have a guest sharing a different aspect and perspective of what life in lockdown is like, how to manage quarantine, and uncovering some positive steps we can all take, not to only look after ourselves, but flourish in this time. Routine, structure, time management, work-life balance, I mean, I could really go on, but those are just a few concepts that we've had to completely rebuild in the past couple of months. In today's episode, I'm so excited to be joined by Dominique Cunningham, Manager of Data and AI Practice in Avenard, in the state specifically. Dominique and I first connected our, our Women in Tech East Coast event in October 2019, which seems so long ago now, but I'm just so grateful that we've managed to stay connected. And today we'll be discussing the recent rise of protests, which places a stark spotlight on systematic racism and has sparked global conversations in support of Black Lives Matter. We'll be uncovering some tips on how you can support the movement and create change with those around you, right in your living room. Hi Dom, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jordan, and thank you so much for that introduction. The Women in Tech Conference was indeed, feels like a long time ago. Um, so I am also grateful that we have been able to stay in contact since then. Absolutely. And I'm grateful that you're able to join us um, on our first quarantine edition. And as um, highlighted at the beginning, obviously it would I guess the first thing I'd just like to ask you, obviously based in America, which I guess you could say was the starting point of the recent um, rise of protests. And obviously, as I've mentioned, sort of the really stark spotlight in regards to systematic racism. And it's it's a very challenging time, um, especially for the African-American community and with a pandemic going on. Um, so yeah, I guess it would just be interesting to hear your thoughts, Dom, on sort of how you've, I guess, digested what is going on at the, t- um, at, at the time, but still going on now. Yeah, so as a, as a woman of color, I think it's been pretty challenging to say the least. I can't even think of a word to really describe the, the multitude of emotions that I have felt um, in the past, I guess, half of this year, really. We're, we're halfway through 2020, which is already hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but then there's like three pandemics in one. There's coronavirus, COVID-19, that, you know, has spread across the entire world. It has shut down businesses and, you know, borderline people's lives, right? We're not going into work, we're at home. Um, And then came the social injustices. And not that this is new at all for my community. I think it's more of a, we're at home, so we're seeing it a lot more. Um, It's broadcasted on social media, Instagram, Facebook, the news. So we we are really not occupied by the typical things we would be had everything been open and we were following our day-to-day lives. And then the third thing is there's unemployment, which is um, significantly higher um, with, you know, within the African-American community. So 
as a person of color, I'm sort of, you know, in the backdrop looking at these three pandemics in one and trying to figure out ways to stay afloat um, and to, you know, support, you know, my family and my friends who might have been impacted by one of the three, two of the three, or even three of the three. Um, So yeah, it's definitely been, been challenging for sure. Yeah, um, I think challenging is a very, um, I guess, it doesn't, I think it's just like the um, iceberg on this huge problem that we, I mean, you really have to be able to empathize and understand to just even grasp half of what is going on. And I think how you've highlighted the three um, viruses and sort of pandemics that are going on, I think firstly, just obviously the second one in regards to the social injustices, it's not that it's not been going on or it's new. It's just the way that you've mentioned it's been broadcasted. I think that's something that is very, very hard to digest at certain times because obviously you want to stay aware of what's going on, but the amount of it that is across our timelines and news channels is just a lot higher at the um, than it was, you could say, before. So just in regards to like managing that, how do you how do you stay aware but not drowning in the overload of negativity, social injustices against the African-American community and violence and so forth? Like, how do you find that balance? Oh, that's such a, a great and loaded question. Um, so... <laughs> So in working from home, right, um, you you can't ignore that this is happening. And when I say that, it's, you know, I'm going from meeting to meeting. And as a manager in the data and AI practice at Avanade, you know, my role is very important. I have to be in tune with client and customer needs, um, making sure that I'm 100% available um, in my meetings. And when I say available, like alerts, um, hearing and, and consuming information and being able to regurgitate information. And, you know, at being at home and you have social media and you have sort of different pings happening on your phone uh, related to the social injustices is difficult. But at the same time, other people at work are experiencing this. So recently, I I guess within the past month or a couple of weeks, um, I facilitated a meeting within our region, uh, within Avanade, our Northeast region. And Northeast is pretty much comprised of our New England area, Boston, New York, um, where we had an open forum to talk about um, everything that we were experiencing and feeling um, as it relates to everything in the media, social injustices, coronavirus, just everything. And that meeting wasn't meant to be a let's solve systemic racism in one 60 minute call, but rather just have voices to be heard, to really, you know, have raw and vulnerable emotion come through Um just have that space to talk and to be supportive of one another. Um, That meeting, I definitely think went well, but it it also made me realize we need to have more spaces like this where we're talking about 
these concerns and these issues and these feelings. And while I might be able to turn off my phone temporarily um, to, you know, avoid the negativity, so to speak, or to try to stay focused, it's still a real part of my life. Like I'm a person of color, you know, I have brothers and sisters and, you know, male colleagues who are impacted by this just as much as I am. So we can't really ignore it, but having a space at work to talk about these things is and was really, really important. Um, you can't really separate your work self from your personal self anymore. That That's that's sort of old school and out the window. And I don't think um, that's something I can afford to do. I have to bring my full authentic self, which means me being a woman of color to my job so that you know, I can continue to be successful. So I, I hope that answers the question. I, I know that was long-winded, Jordan. <laughs> that that absolutely answers the question. And I think um, your answer, just to break it down a bit further, because I think it's really how you mentioned that you obviously set up that meeting within um, for the Northwest region and obviously it being virtual as well because of the, um, the global pandemic that's going on and just providing that space um, and I think it was really um, insightful obviously that you said you weren't trying to obviously solve systematic racism that has been going on for hundreds of years within a 60-minute Zoom call because I think the professional world has you know started talking about um, everything that's going on and obviously the social injustices Black Lives Matter um, George Floyd specifically, and obviously the specifics within the region to where you're having those discussions. So, you know, Northwest in America, London in the UK. Um, so I think having that space and understanding that it's not going to be solved um, like that, um, but as you sort of highlighted, just having a commitment and seeing the benefits and actually feeling the benefits of how this could grow and sort of if you keep it going rather than just being a one-time thing um and the another thing is obviously creating more spaces like that um so one thing that um I've seen in you know in regards to the conversation is it's now starting to fall off our timelines you know it's no longer um I don't want to say it, but it's no longer the social thing. You know, the tie our social timelines, um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, obviously depending on who we're following, but it's not as prominent as what it was. Um, so in regards to obviously setting up meetings and still creating spaces for that, is there any advice that you can give to our listeners that are not, that are outside of the, Black community to understand how they can continue this conversation and actually, you know, move beyond performative actions, especially within the working space, because I feel that's something that isn't as openly spoken about. And as you said, you, I can't separate my professional and my personal, and I don't want to. So yeah, any thoughts on another loaded question? I've just realized, apologies. <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, it's all loaded. We can't make it unloaded. I don't even know if that's a word. Um, yeah. 
But it's not enough to, and I hope that, you know, Black Lives Matter is not becoming a slogan. It's not a marketing scheme. It's not a slogan. This is something we really, truly have to stand behind with action. It's not enough to say, um, you know, we don't tolerate racism of any kind. Why? Because I don't know anyone who will associate with being racist. I mean, I I personally haven't met anyone that says, oh, man, the cat is out the bag. You you got me. Oh, my gosh. She's calling me out. (laughs) Right. You know. (laughs) So. You know, and that's not to say that saying we don't tolerate racism of any kind is not important. It's very important. But then what is the next step? What is that? What does that mean as far as your daily actions and your reactions to anything you might see or hear? And it is our um, priority and it it has to become, become ingrained in our daily actions. And what that might mean is calling something out if you think someone is being targeted because um, of their race or their color or any other, you know, aggression that might be towards a particular community. Speaking up and speaking out, um, using our, our skills that we have, we all have skills and gifts, whether it's blogging or writing, writing about these things, blogging about these things, um, it's just not enough to to just say it. Um, anyone can sort of be a parrot and say something and say, "Yeah, sure, I don't, I don't tolerate this." But what does that actually mean in your daily life? How are you checking your own biases um, and ensuring that you're not perpetuating what it might mean to be racist? Being, you know, saying racism is such a strong word. Um, and many people would likely want to disassociate from something so strong. So we have to start smaller and think about what is it that I'm doing or saying on a daily basis or thinking that might be perpetuating negative ideals that could lend itself to to being racist. Um, and that still might be equally loaded, but I think that's a fair starting place. No, I think um, that's your answer really just sort of sums it on the head. And um, from what you've said, it was sort of the three, I guess, three um, key takeaways for our listeners. Um, So firstly, speaking up, um, if you see something that is not fair, it's violent, it's not right, comments are being made, which you know that aren't sitting well with yourself, speak up regardless of you know, your position in it, because if we are complicit, then we're just allowing the the cycle to go round and round and perpetuate itself. The second point, which I think was really um, practical as well, is utilizing your skills to support the movement. You know, if you're a writer, if you are, um, maybe your, your area and your niche is technical skills, you could, you know, reach out to black tech companies and support them in that way. Um, you know, really just using your own skills to support rather than just having that statement. And then the third and final thing, which I think is the best, and I think it's for everyone involved in these discussions is 
checking yourself, um, checking it on a daily basis, checking your thoughts, just understanding why you are thinking the way you are and trying to break it down. Because as you said, no one, no one's going to be like, oh, cat's out the bag. I'm a racist. Um, But it's no longer enough to say I'm not a racist. It's time to be anti-racist. So I think um, the three points that you've just said is, you know, some steps that you can definitely take towards that. Um, And I just, yeah, thank you so much, Dom, for just obviously sharing your thoughts um, and experiences and also your approaches that you've had within your organization to create space for this. Um, So I definitely advise our listeners to check Dominique out on LinkedIn. Um, Her LinkedIn will be linked in the description. Um, But yeah, just thank you so much, Dominique, for joining us on our first quarantine edition. Jordan, thank you so much for this time to speak. And thank you for also synthesizing um, some of my thoughts into very concise bullet points. Thank you for that as well. (laughs) No, absolutely. Um, So thank you so much. And we'll connect soon, very soon, I'm sure. (laughs) Of course. Thank you.